My name is Cameron Jack Ralph. I'm 21 years old and I am an actor. I was never really you know, raised in a performing family. It wasn't you know, from the minute that I was born, they want this boy to be an actor. It was very much something I stumbled upon myself. So my background itself never really was acting until a later point. Um, I think a lot of my, my background actually came from the media that I was introduced to you know, from my parents. So essentially they, they didn't put me on the path to becoming an actor, but they gave me <laughs> the interests and, and tools to kind of want to go down that route very much with uh, music and the kind of shows that I watched. A very poignant one that I always remember is Laurel and Hardy. That was something that my dad introduced to me when I was younger. And I think that really kind of put me on a path, maybe not straight away seeing that and thinking, yeah, I want to be that, but the kind of slapstick and comedy and comedic timing, I know now in my, as I'm coming into my, my adult stage, I really enjoy comedy and I really like to, if there's comedic scripts or parts or anything, I gravitate towards that quite a lot. In terms of media and stuff like that, it was actually a lot of American shows, like Disney kind of channel stuff that I grew up watching. Um, it's probably where I learned the American accent and stuff like that, which helps me a lot nowadays. But it, it all came from seeing an advert for this academy where they would train you to become an actor. And that was something that I, I saw through TV. And I just decided in my sort of childhood mind that, oh yeah, I connected that to the shows that I see and you know, how much fun they have. And that made me want to go, yeah, I want to give that a go. And it wasn't until that point that I really kind of went down that acting path and realised that I, I really do enjoy it. So the agency that I ended up going for, or the Academy, they held auditions. It was quite a big thing. It was something I'd never, never done before, really. Um, but it was just a very sort of American commercially script advertising something, some sort of serial, that type of thing. Very, very corny, uh, but they just wanted you to sort of give it a go and have fun. And I don't have loads of memory of that moment because I was probably around seven or eight years old. But doing that moment, I remember I just kind of had fun with it. It wasn't in my mind a really like scary moment. I just did it and it all worked out in the end and they wanted me to come on to the academy. And that academy, I think I stayed there for about three or four years up in London. And that was kind of every fortnight just doing sort of comedy and drama, film and TV and they brought in various other sort of celebrities, some guys from Disney who taught some very good lessons and everything. But that I see as a point that really set me up for how I am now, everything that I do with acting. I met a lot of other teachers later down the line, but that is really the foundation where, you know, I was taught timing, like very much comedic timing as well tying back to the Lauren Hardy stuff. It was where I was able to kind of put it all together and probably put the foundations down in a way. So I'm very, very grateful for that experience. Um, and that is really where it set me. But 
I was getting to a point where I was just again young and I just wanted to do you know child things not not always going up to London and learning on the weekends and stuff like that as I was obviously in primary school and stuff during the week so it was all a bit much I think and I did end up taking a break but if anything I think that break was a very good thing because I eventually kind of you know I aged a little bit and grew up a little bit more and then decided yeah I you know I, I enjoyed that I want to get back into it and like I said the foundations were there so it wasn't something that I was just going to forget it was something I'd done for three or four years so I had the foundations there and I, I decided to take it further when I came back into it I ended up starting a theatre academy which was very good actually because it, it was theatre um, and there was you know, the dancing musical theatre part of it and singing and everything but it did still focus on film and TV which was you know, good for me because that's primarily what I had trained in when I was doing stuff in London. That point was a, a really interesting point because it put me down this this path that I, I'd never never really been that fond of musicals and I don't think I'd really tried to get into it but it opened up this this new world of just different attributes to think about especially dance because I'd never danced before maybe when I was younger but not not that great it just helped me add these different skills and strings which is something that I'd definitely say even if you know somebody doesn't want to be a musical theatre actor or anything like that it's definitely a really good thing to get into because the more strings that you can have to your bow it really does come back later on especially if it's you know an audition and they're asking for certain things sometimes there have been jobs where they've just gone oh can you sing actually and you're able to say yes to that and yeah you don't expect these things to come up but they do sometimes with, with uh, the theatre academy I stayed there for a little bit and it got me wanting to do theatre uh, obviously where I'd just been focusing on film before it now was edging more towards theatre and I did a couple of stage shows and songs and started building my confidence more in that manner. That was where I met Joe Hodges and now Jay Hodges as well, um, who have both trained me over the years in singing, dancing and acting, uh, which as I was saying was a, a really important thing for me because even though now I'm not dancing as much I'm more focused on the acting side of things now having all those skills around it really gives you just a, a good understanding of how especially if you're playing characters you know how they move and stuff because even if it's not dance like you're not doing a jazz routine or something like that you still have to think about how a character moves and the stuff that Joe and Jay taught me it kind of helps if you see it as kind of like choreography I'm still carrying that into anything that I portray it's thinking about movement especially voice as well another good thing about the singing training and everything was it's not just singing it's pronunciation and everything it, you know, I was picked up on especially if I was singing American songs how to pronounce words properly in the American dialect and everything and that that goes across into just normal normal speaking more than anything because I I found that vocal exercises and everything can genuinely 
be good for speaking as well as singing. That that was where I thought I was going to head down the pathway. That I thought the, the musical theatre pathway was where I was going to go forward. But obviously, we had the dreaded pandemic that hit, and that kind of locked us all away and gave us way too much time to think about things, way too much time to not do things that we wanted to do, and just way too much time for anything bad, really. Um, so that that gave me a point where. I was kind of locked away in my tower, uh, stuck on Zoom calls and still trying to hold on to what I was working on, but just on a dodgy internet connection, which didn't really help me. And in a way, I don't think it completely changed my mindset, but it it tested my mindset a lot. And it kind of came to the point that once we'd come out of the pandemic, I was slowly distancing from the musical theatre side of things. I still absolutely love it, but something in my mindset did change to the point where I just I ended up deciding that I wanted to focus more primarily on my acting. I don't really know what changed really. I don't know what that you know being locked up in the pandemic did to change my mindset so much. I, I don't know if it was maybe uh, the frustration with the, the Zoom calls, because I, I felt like obviously dance was a weaker side for me as much as I, you know, compared to my acting and singing, I felt like dance was weaker. And so it was something that I wanted to work on uh, more. But Zoom calls made it very difficult to kind of carry on because there was a really good level of intensity that Joe and Jay give in their teaching and being in the room with Joe and Jay, it's, you kind of really get into the mindset of we're doing this. And I don't know, I think there's a bit more determination when you're actually in the room doing something. And you obviously wanna, you wanna do as well as you can for your teachers and everything, but over the internet and over the calls, I, I had a lot of different factors and just really struggled to kind of keep up with my dancing. And I, mentally, I kind of felt like I went back a couple of paces. I think I just kind of had had a tough time. I think when you have memories attached to tough times, you kind of want to forget about it and maybe take a couple of steps away from it. And I think that's that's maybe what happened. I think I was just frustrated from the pandemic and frustrated from losing maybe a bit of progress and everything to the point where I just kind of stuck to what I know. At this point, you know, I've I've done my part-time training. Now I think I'm going to test myself and I'm I'm going to look for work, which is a big it's a big step. And obviously the industry is rough in a way of it's a lot of rejection, you know, it's a lot of no's before you can find a yes, but I was kind of ready to just kind of go out and give that a go, basically, and that, that's what I've been doing for the past couple of years, really, like I said, since being locked away and everything. So I, I was trying to get myself, even if it was, you know, essay work in background and everything, I wanted to take all those opportunities to just get on a set and, and do something there's a couple of different agencies that you can go with. Ones that I've worked with before is uh, someone like Mad Dog, Mad Dog 2020 now. 
and they focus on supplying supporting artists for different productions if there's crowd or background or even featured roles needed they they cast for that kind of area and I got myself on their books and I had been doing it I think whilst I was actually training in theatre I was on these books and doing different bits of work now that I was away from that I focused on trying to get these jobs I was trying to think of what ones I can mention because obviously some haven't come out yet but productions like Life After Life actually that's that's one that is out so I can mention that that was a really big benefit of being on one of these agencies they supply essays and background artists all that sort of stuff this was one where they asked and said can anybody sing essentially um and it's it's what I was mentioning earlier about having those skills because you never know when you might need them or when it could get you a job and in in my case this time it did get me a job because the part that I had been cast for was hit the youth so I didn't expect to then be asked if I could sing because I didn't really know what on earth that entailed because of that role it turned out it was this campfire scene and if anybody has seen life after life it's a really really nice scene compared to you know what the subject matter is in that moment it kind of shows how the the Hitler youth kind of things they wouldn't have known anything that was going on and there was just this kind of innocence of everything almost like a a fun camp a little you know getting away with younger people and the scene itself just entailed me and another another featured essay and one of the lead actors jumping up around this campfire scene and just having a little sing-song. Another challenge that came across, I had to sing in German for this. Even if there was a voiceover used in that moment, the lips would have to be doing the right thing. Um, and they definitely wanted to make sure that was all authentic as possible. They had a um, sort of German voice coach there with us that was going through the specifics. If you were to say anything in you know your natural accent it would definitely be seen in the other scenes where sort of the leads were doing their stuff and we were still in shot they said unless you can speak German say something in German but if you can't just maybe keep it more to almost noises so kind of words of like oh, uh, sticking to that sort of thing instead of uh, trying to say something because people will pick up on the lips and everything. It was a really, really good moment for me. And one of my first credits uh, in terms of BBC, having my name in the credits for that production was a big thing because it's, it definitely, it makes it real and it's, it is then a professional credit. And it's interesting because having a I've finally got access to my IMDB page now. It naturally gets put onto your profile, which is nice. And it's something I'm trying to build upon as well, getting as many credits as possible. I think I'm up to four credits now. There's a couple of things I've worked on since, which might give me a couple more credits, which is nice just to build that database up of professional work. 
it is just real at that point and I think there's a lot of you know doubt again not to bring up the the pandemic too much but being locked away I think you kind of question yourself a little bit um, and you're not doing what you want to be doing because you're locked away and so you do get this kind of self-doubt and you know can I do this can I do that but seeing that name credit come up as, as small as the part was it, it was one scene you know one song but seeing it come up you just think yeah like I, I've I've done that that's that's there that's me <laughs> it was quite a, a funny night because we knew it was coming out uh, it was BBC 2 it was premiering on but what we didn't know was that it was also coming out on iPlayer and they were just going to release everything on iPlayer and do it weekly on BBC 2 so it was this kind of moment of watching the first episode thinking right okay it's not in that episode and then having the ability to watch more to the point where we're just like okay we'll we'll just watch it all then (laughs) so we ended up watching it from start to finish to find and we we was genuinely just to clarify that we was genuinely interested in the show it is a a quite dark um dark storyline but really really interesting and uh, based on the novel by Kate Atkinson. It's a really, really interesting story, so it definitely wasn't a task to watch it all the way through, but we did watch it from start to finish to find this moment, and I believe it was episode three. So we were sitting there, and the moment came up, and it, it's hard it's hard to explain the feeling of suddenly seeing it come up. It's, it's nervous because you never know in this industry when you're going to get cut, or when you're going to get kept because sometimes it can be completely random I don't think you really ever know the decisions that go into cutting things cuts can come purely because of time uh, and if I guess if it's something that doesn't really affect the story or the pace or anything as much it's kind of labelled as something that is able to be cut so that that's always the thought when you do something I had a, a speaking part a couple of weeks ago which is exciting but I'm trying to kind of say to myself don't get excited yet because there's there's always a chance of being cut but obviously it's still an achievement but yeah no it wasn't um it wasn't cut in the end and there was one moment where I was blocked by a shoulder I think in one of the angles but for the most part it was just this really nice focus on the three of us a very sort of happy memory really because I remember those I think it was two two days on set and I'd done a couple of days rehearsals before that just to get the song up to scratch but watching it back it, it was a very sort of happy memory and I just remembered you know having a really good time on set and also one of the things being the director himself actually came up to two of us at the end and said just thanked us for what what we'd done there he said you know it really brought out what he wanted that scene to be so he just thanked us and brought back all those kind of memories watching it because that's something I I won't forget so yeah just a very very uh, happy experience watching that back before you can do any sort of acting work auditions are are definitely involved um, especially if it's going to be a a speaking role or anything like that you will have to go for auditions um, thinking back to the place where I trained in London that was where 
they did send us for a few auditions whilst we were training there but they would actually send us for ones that we weren't exactly right for and in terms of what I'd define as being right for I mean more like looks I'd say eventually and may maybe age range as well like may they might send us to one that we weren't exactly maybe old enough for not massively but just little things that we didn't completely fit the brief and the reasoning for that was purely just to kind of ingrain that thought of getting rejected just to train rejection into the body really because a massive part of auditioning and acting in general is rejection and rejection is one of those things that it could completely completely crush you it, it could stop you and you could just go no I don't want to feel like that again and you could stop if you do want to get into acting if you do want to do a a anything um, anything creative really I, I think it's the same in most places rejection is something that you need to be able to deal with because the way that I think of it is if you get rejected you know you've just got to be able to pick yourself up and move on to the next one and even if that's a rejection it's then on to the next one next one and next one then there could have been a yes around the corner literally it could be the next job that training really helped to not not completely eradicate it because you can still get downhearted about not getting stuff because I'm sure there'll there's jobs that you know you, you really really want to get but they might not work out but it, it just gives you that kind of strength to be like okay that didn't go exactly right what did I do you know do I want to change anything what can I change and then on to the next one and if you can keep that mindset going then it's a very strong thing it can just get you to a lot more auditions and essentially you don't waste time either you know you've been building up the confidence my first ever essay job was on a rom-com called Juliet Naked and I was playing a beachgoer in this scene it was me another guy and we was just playing catch with this ball on the beach and one of the leads Chris O'Dowd had to run past us to come to Ethan Hawke who was standing on the beach and we were throwing this ball around and in between the downtime in between takes I was just I think we carried on playing catch and we were just into it and <laughs> throwing the ball about until I heard this American voice and I turned around and it, it turned out to be Ethan Hawke who was in this scene and he was asking me to to throw the ball to him and that being my first experience on a set it was quite terrifying actually because you don't really want to distract the lead actors you don't really want to uh, overly get in their way because they're they're in their zone and they're they're doing their job so suddenly in this moment I'm <laughs> I'm being interacted with and asking to play catch with him which was quite like I said scary but I did it um threw the ball to him I, I it was either I didn't throw it far enough or I throw it too far because he didn't catch it <laughs> which is a great memory to have um he seemed really nice from that moment and it was nice that he actually interacted Obviously, you're not always um, going to get acknowledged, which is, is fair enough, because like I said, they're, they're working, they're doing their job, and they're in their, their zone. But that, that was very nice that he took the time to kind of react.
one of the auditions that I got sent to, which happened to be a play that Ian McKellen was in, I think I'd been sent to that one because I wasn't exactly the right age brief to get me used to rejection again. But the interesting thing about that audition was I, again, was quite young, but it was actually Ian McKellen in this audition. So you were actually acting with Ian McKellen in a little excerpt from the script, I think, for this play. And just because I was young, I'd only seen Ian McKellen with the long beard and mystical in his robes and everything. So I I didn't really recognise him you know, with the trimmed beard and shorter hair and everything. So I did the audition, which might have actually worked with me for the audition, because maybe if I did realise it was Ian McKellen, I might have been a bit nervous, as, especially as a child as well. But I ended up doing this audition and doing the script reading everything and coming out and my parents saying to me so how, how, how was that how was it with him and I was like no it's, it's all right it's, it's just an audition why, why and they were saying did you not realize who that was and I said no and then they told me it was Ian McKellen so they <laughs> they knew that but I must have not really been aware again because of looks and everything but yeah I, I did an audition with Ian McKellen and did not know it was Ian McKellen. So from from this moment onwards, I mainly next task for me is to get an agent just so I can get myself in in more rooms and get my foot in more doors, essentially. Because um, with an agent, I know that's sort of the next way to just kind of keep pushing at things and then I can put that rejection training to work because I, I just want to get myself into as many auditions as possible uh, for whatever that may be to start eventually getting you know the yes every now and again and just kind of work on more especially speaking parts and stuff like that and just get around to playing a few more characters in film and tv anything really um even stage actually as well I wouldn't mind doing a stage play when I was doing my GCSEs I, I focused on a couple of uh, plays and everything but I realised I haven't actually done a job that is uh, a play and not a musical on stage so that, that would be an interesting uh, thing to aim for but the main task ahead of me now is to find an agent another thing aside from acting is I wouldn't mind actually getting my own song written as well because uh, I do I, I play guitar at the moment and I'm still trying to keep up my singing but I've been kind of testing the waters just writing a couple of things down um, my main challenge being figuring out melodies and stuff like that so it might need to kind of combine heads with somebody on that but that's another side project I wouldn't mind doing from now moving forward along alongside the acting um, like I said, it, it all ties ties in together. In terms of my dream project, there's pr probably a few things that come to mind. Um, just because of childhood joy and everything, and a lot of what's going on with it at the moment, I would love to be involved in anything Star Wars. That's something I, I grew up with. So to be a part of that, and especially to, to be able to tell those stories, would be absolutely incredible. Um, definitely something I would absolutely love to work on. In terms of a person, uh, 
I'd really love to work with um, Edgar Wright, the uh, the director, because every project that I've seen him put out, it's just been so so nice. So like really really cool films. Um, I did grow up with the uh, the Cornetto trilogy as well, with uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End, and I loved all of it. Every film that I think Edgar Wright has put out, I've I've loved, really. Um, and I was gutted because I'd worked with a couple of uh, other essays who'd said they worked on his recent one, Last Night in Soho, uh, which was a film that I again I really enjoyed. I thought it was a brilliant film. Um, and I, I think any inquiries come through for that one uh, when it was filming, so that that was a, a bit of a bit of a bummer really. But that's would definitely be a person I'd love to work with. I think coming back to the question of why, being an actor is, it's something, I've done, I've wanted to do since I was younger, so I think you become very stubborn with that in a way you've done it for so long that you don't want to let go of that but it, it genuinely it's just something I enjoy I really enjoy becoming a character and you know the, the study that goes into that as well looking at you know how can I do this how can I do that and how do I want this to come across I love all that kind of work putting that into it and I think to do with that the process is very rewarding especially when you come out of it and you look at you know the product and everything and what you've done with it and to think yeah I'm really happy with that it's just very it's a very rewarding process I think some people think that you might be wanting to be famous or you know be this massive star and I wouldn't I wouldn't really say that's the case uh, with me obviously that's the fame in itself and is it's a good fame in itself is a good thing uh because it's being noticed and that can get you work but i would more say not fame maybe more just having your work recognized i'd say that's something that would be a nice point i think if you if you chase fame then it's not really a good idea because i don't think you'll ever be satisfied with it if you're just purely chasing the fame of it all so yeah that's what I'd say about that